0: The week kicked off on a positive sentiment. Equities rallied and the US dollar pulled back. But the Chinese stimulus announcements yesterday failed again to spur a sustainable rally in Chinese stocks and the important economic data due to be released this week in the US and in Europe could actually easily spoil the investor appetite, especially especially if the US growth and jobs data actually continue to show that confusing resilience in the USA economy. So welcome. This is Swissco's Daily Market Talk. So the week started in quite a relatively good mood really, I mean much much better than last year after the Jackson Hole meeting when the Federal Reserve President Jerome Powell had wrecked havoc across the global financial markets with his hawkish hawkish monetary policy stance for the US. So this year, none of that is on the menu happily. On the contrary, the S&P 500 even posted its first back-to-back gains this month even though the U.S two-year yield advanced to a fresh high since July as the two- and five-year Treasury auctions in the US hit the highest yield since before the 2008 financial crisis. Now, one would think that the Chinese stimulus measures have somehow lifted up the sentiment, the investor sentiment across the global equities yesterday. And that's quite the case, really. But the CSI 300 index actually closed yesterday's trading session just around 1% higher in China. In the sense, yesterday was, well, just another day that the Chinese stimulus measures well didn't really get the attention that the Chinese officials were actually hoping for in the final financial markets and that's the new normal mind you because before before 2020 well anything from China would move oceans and well now well China can cut the interest rates it could inject liquidity into the system it can have stem duty prevent big names from becoming net sellers in the market but nothing nothing is enough today for investors who just just want to hear a massive, massive and broad fiscal stimulus measures brought on the table by the Chinese government. And the chances are that China won't do that because the President Xi Jinping doesn't want to explode the national debt levels in China, which are already very, very high and at alarming levels to kickstart another unsustainable growth spree in the country. because just you have to keep in mind that the foundations of today's property crisis in China were actually thrown long, long before this year or before the COVID crisis or before the Chinese crackdown on technology names in 2021 because China has been building massively, massively to boost its GDP since decades now and it's actually built ghost cities all over the country with many, many houses that never found buyers. So what we see today in China has its roots far down in history and that's also a reason why the president Xi Jinping doesn't actually want to deploy the kind of uh, fiscal stimulus that the market expects him to but boy it is actually costing China a lot and a lot of money in investment outflows because MSCI's EM EMX China ETF has actually been outperforming the MSCI China since the beginning of this year and that trend that widening gap in the Chinese equities versus other EM equities actually needs more to to reverse from China and investors are now lowering their Chinese growth forecast as well so the latest Bloomberg survey actually hinted at 5.1% growth in China in 2023, uh, so it actually remains in line with the government's 5% growth target but it is apparently not enough to bring money on board. Anyway, zooming out from the China, the softer US dollar yesterday gave some breathing room to other major currencies at yesterday's trading session, the euro dollar bulls actually won a battle near the 200 day moving average level that's near 108 level and the pair is now slightly above that level this morning at the time i'm talking here while the dollar yen is steady around the 146 and a half level crude oil steadied above the 80 dollar per barrel mark with the news that the tropical storm idalia i don't know why they give these names but tropical storm Idalia could interrupt crude production in the gulf coast and put an additional short-term pressure on oil prices in the next coming days. Gold, on the other hand, is better a bit above the $1,900 level per ounce thanks to a retreat in the US 10-year yield since a couple of days. But silver is doing relatively better these days, mind you, because we have actually observed since mid-August this year a sharp drop in gold to silver's ratio, which is also called the mint ratio. But The value of gold in terms of silver actually remains at the top range of historical standards, just around the 80 level, whereas the 30-year average stands around the 67 level. Now, this ratio has already pulled down to 75 at the start of this year, as the Chinese reopening news after covid fueled growth expectations by the end of last year. And it's obviously because silver is a much better used metal in industrial production, than gold is but 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 the safe haven flows actually brought gold back to investors radar earlier this year but the thing is well demand for silver the global demand for silver is still rising a lot faster than its supply and silver is used in the manufacturing of solar panels and according to a latest study so listen to this according to a latest study the solar sector could actually use between 85 to 98 percent of global silver reserves by 2050 85 to 98 percent of the global silver supply could actually be eaten up by solar panels that's the study so that's a huge number and that's a big number and that's the solid solar sector mind you which is poised to only grow in the next decade case with the climate changes so the chances are that we will actually see that mint ratio trend lower in the medium to long run and trend lower sustainably at some point in the next few years the hard thing here remains however to get the timing right as a better global economic tissue is undoubtedly better for silver appetite and it's a sine qua non-condition for silver to do better than gold and that could hold investors somehow back from rushing to silver just now just today Anyway, speaking of economic data. Today, the US Joels data is expected to post a third month below ten million job openings in the US. So a number lower than the market expectations would actually point to loosening jobs market conditions in the US, and that could somehow soften the hawkish Federal Reserve expectations of today. While a strong figure, a stronger than expected figure, will keep the economists and the Federal Reserve officials in that state of confusion that we have today but it is now increasingly certain that the COVID disruptions in the jobs market in the US has largely passed they're behind us which means that the fact that the US jobs figures remain this resilient to the interest rate hikes from the Fed is actually due to another reason and that other reason could actually be the aging population in the US which actually leaves the workforce you know, just like retire and go away and which doesn't get fully replaced by the young people because there are not enough young people to do these jobs. And that's one explanation that's actually increasingly plausible and increasingly brought on the table by economists because if you actually look at the CBO's projections, for example, the participation rate in the US workforce is nowhere, is nowhere at shocking nor alarming levels compared to their long-term projections on the contrary it's even a bit higher after the COVID disruption so the participation rate of today is higher than the long-term projections from cbo and strong numbers have potential to boost the federal reserve hawks as the tightness of this jobs market in the us means that people actually ask for more money for doing the same job than they would otherwise so if the market was not this tight and there are also a lot of strikes going on mind you as you know so fingers are crying. As we could see in this week's figures in the US jobs data the negative implications of Hollywood strikes for example but 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 the overall picture will still likely remain far, far from the ideal that the Federal Reserve is hoping for, meaning weak, weak numbers. So this is all for today. I'm Ipek Özgárdeşke and thank you for joining me and thank you for all your beautiful and supportive messages. I hope this episode of Market Talk has also been helpful and it has been insightful to you. So please do not hesitate to leave your comments, your reactions and your questions below as usual. And follow us on Instagram, on X, and on LinkedIn for regular market updates. And subscribe, of course, to our YouTube channel for daily market comments. I will meet you again tomorrow. And until then, good day trading.